We are on the winning side. Would you say amen to that? If you believe it, we are on the winning side. And it's important for us to get that, that we're on the winning side, that we're more than conquerors. And I'm going to take you to that passage. I quote it all the time, and I'll say that when I'm interjecting. And I, and I thought, man, we're, I'm going to go back to that passage and read that and then apply it to the passage that we're getting tonight. But we need to understand it. More than understanding it, we need to live like it. We need to live like it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little confession time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you into the mind because I know I'm going to identify with you guys when I say some of these things and I'm just going to call you out on it. Sometimes we've got to call each other out on these things. The devil knows how to get into our minds and make us feel defeated. And one of the ways of that is living in this messed up world. And, and I found myself even this week having a bad week about a certain issue. Okay. And that's the fact that I don't think dudes should be in a woman's bathroom. That's, that was the issue. Okay. And I don't think anybody in here Anybody with a brain would not argue with that, okay? This is something that God established from the very beginning, and it just shows, and you say, what's happening? It's the messed up, moral, depraved world that we live in. It is. It it is bad, and I I don't know what would happen. You say, you're a pastor. Yes, I am. But I tell you, if if I saw my wife or my daughter go into a bathroom and some creepy dude in a dress walk in after them, I'm going in that bathroom, (laughs) And, and I, I'm just, I'm just saying, why is that? Just, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm scared now of, do we even have to worry about letting our kids go? I mean, used to you have to worry about them going in public restaurants. And now it's like, we really have to worry about that. And then, then just this past week, I saw different things. Uh, you know, I saw a Campbell's soup commercial with two, two dads feeding a baby. And I'm like, oh, come on, not Campbell's soup. I mean, I, they're the good guys. And they're taking family television and throwing this junk and pushing their agenda and all this stuff is going on. I'm telling you guys, if we're not careful, our minds and our focus shifts on all that garbage. And this is us. We're just walking through the world just like, you know what I mean? We're grumbling and complaining and we're whining, we're upset. And then I think sometimes the Lord comes up and has to tap us on the shoulder and says, aren't you more than conquerors through me? Why are you whining about the problems in this world? Because a lot of times we'll read in the Old Testament stories and be like, man, God, why weren't they trusting God more? But we're not applying those same principles to us living in this world. In 2016, we are more than conquerors. In 2016, we're on the winning side. In 2016, we have God living with us. How dare we whine? How dare we whine? I want to just share this with you guys. I want to... Living like we have victory. Living as a can Christian with a can God is not, is not okay. It's not. And just because you say amen on Sunday or you, you, you post something on Facebook or whatever doesn't mean we're living like it. And, and that's where I, I wanted to get to the story of victory. But before we get there, let me just read this passage. New Testament, Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? Okay, I, I got to stop right now. Who's talking? So you, so you take Paul. Paul, there's a lot of bad stuff and a lot of trials and a lot of tribulations and a lot of opposition, a lot of junk going on all the way around him. And he, and he says to this, what shall we say to these things? So I say to you, church, what are we going to say to these things? But Pastor Tony, isn't that they're changing this? And what if this happens? And, uh, you know, this Supreme Court judges, what if, uh, what if that changes? And who gets in there? And what will change it at all? Let me tell you, just stop. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Underline that. 
post that. Make that, turn off the news tonight, read that verse, then go to bed. Before you get up in the morning, you're watching the six o'clock news, and today, three shootings today, and America's falling apart, and all this. Close that off. If God be for us, who can be against us? He spared not his own son. You want to know where that power comes from? Who, Who can stand against us? Nobody, because he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Question mark. Asking us this question. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's us. It is God that justifieth. It is he that condemneth. It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, saying he's victorious. Who is even at the right hand of God and maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Once again, He throws it back in there saying, what are you worried about? What's the worst that can come? How can we be defeated? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, persecution or famine or nakedness? Or the 2016 election, it doesn't say that in there, just work with me here. Whatever goofy law target's going to pass. Whatever junk's coming after that. As it is written, for thy sake, we are all killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Nay, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then say you're conquerors, we're more than conquerors. I mean, we're not just going to get through. We're going to come out on top. Conquer is someone has overcome, someone that is victorious Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, here we are, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. If God be who is for us, who can be against us? And it's, so I, 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 I want to get into this. I mean, I, I, I love stories like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how how on the other side of it, and I thought about this the other day, I think I mentioned it in Sunday school this morning or a couple weeks ago or whatever. And I said, every time you saw God, I mean the power of God and the magnificence of God and the working of God, God had to either put them through the lion's den or had to put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. But on the other side of that, we saw victory. We saw the power of God. So I'm going to ask you guys right now, He said, show me the power, show me the goodness, show me the greatness of God. And God says, can I throw you in a furnace? Let me ask you guys, how many of you want to go with me? Not a lot of hands are going up. If it was a lion's den today, if it was a lion's den today, how many of you would be with Daniel saying, hey, I'm going to pray three times a day? But I'm telling you, it's it's not them threatening with a lion's den. It, It might be a bathroom issue, a gay and lesbian issue. Or whether, what can we preach or what can we not preach? But I tell you, in all of these things, we've got to understand that we are still more than conquerors. I want you guys to get this, but we have to figure out how to live victorious. We've got to figure out, how do we get off? How is it tomorrow morning that you're going to walk into this world and walk through this world with your head held high, knowing that we serve a God that will take care of us. And we serve a God. But I want to say, Numbers chapter 13, we're going way back, okay? Going back to the beginning books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Chapter 13, verse 1. 
You guys know this familiar story, but I want to pull out a lot of things. And you know what? I catch myself saying that a lot. You guys know this story. You guys know this story. You know why I'm realizing that? If you add up, like I add up, and I'm thinking, uh, on average, I speak four times a week. Wednesday night, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, depending on which one of us guys is speaking or whatever. Young at heart, Bible studies, men's breakfast, all these different things. So there's a lot of times that we're together. So we, we, we know a lot of scripture. But the question is, do you, not if you know a lot of scripture, but do you apply a lot of scripture? So I'm going to take you to this that you might not know, or you might know already, but I want to see if we're applying these things. Verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe their, their father shall send a man, every one a, uh, a young ruler among them. Now jump ahead. Remember learning this story that we're about to show you when you were a kid. And, and this is going to jump out at you. Some of you can even remember how your Sunday school teacher taught. Because this is one of those popular stories that we learned as kids. And they came, oh, verse 23, and they came unto the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch from one of the clusters of grapes and they bare it between two uh, upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs in place called the brook of Eshcol because of the clusters of grapes with the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran, Kadesh, and brought back forth unto them, and they called them the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, how many of you guys remember these stories? How many remember being in class, and, and maybe the, the, the younger group, we got a, a bigger younger group, when they would sit down in, in our kid's town, and they'd have the flannel graph, and they'd tell the story, and I remember when we were a kid, they, they took the two men, and they were standing there, and then they took the stick and they put it behind between the two. And then they hung the cluster of grapes. Do you guys remember that? Anybody else remember that teaching of what it looked like and all that? And they said, this was the promise of God and all this. But I, w- I want to kind of focus a little bit on that as we get into this. Because that wasn't just something cool to put on flannel graph. It was, it was a message. God wanted those men to walk out of there with that on their shoulders. God wanted them to walk into back into the camp, back into the negative energy with them showing the presence of the promises of God with them. Verse 27, And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. There they are. They're showing it. Hey, this is it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Malachites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses, and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men went up himself and said, We be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that, that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw it in are, are men of great stature. And there were saw we giants and the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Let's pray before we break this down. Lord, I know, Lord, that when we see things around us, Lord, we begin to back off feeling defeated. 
And I know, Lord, we are not in the same day and age. And Lord, this is, this is something that you taught us from years and years ago. But Lord, I know that we're on the edge of facing a messed up world and lots of challenges. Giants, left and right. We see these giants, Lord, in the White House and we see these giants in Hollywood. We see these opposition all around us. Well, Lord, what a shame it will be the day that Christians come back and say we can't do it. Lord, help me to share this thought, this passage, break this down. And Lord, help us to walk away, Lord, understanding that we are victorious. Lord, help us to learn from their mistakes. We pray this in your name. Amen. You think about this. God, God told them at the beginning, I read that first thing, and God said, go in there and have it all worked out. And actually, take you a souvenir. I want you to bring that back to them, show off to them all the blessings of the goodness and the promise that God has for them. But we find them acting like they had lost everything. Why do Christians live defeated when they're not? I, I'm saying no matter what it is, of whatever level it is in this world, why do we live, why do we act defeated when we're not? And you say, well, let me tell you, and we start laying off what we're seeing. You guys know what I'm saying. Well, let me tell you what I watched last night. Did you see today's paper? Did you see what they posted? Did you see? And we're, we start laying it out. All this, this is all the stuff that we saw. And then we forget inside that we're more than conquerors. We forget that God has blessed us with all these things. So why do Christians live defeated when they're not? Number one, these people had vision problems. Vision problems. They can't see what they had. We, the same way, can be very blinded to what we have and what God has already done. Verse 23, and they came back from the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. One cluster of grapes. And they bare between two, uh, two upon a staff and they brought it upon the pomegranates and the figs. And get back and these guys, man, you can imagine they're, they're limping and they're moving their shoulders around. And they're like, man, what's wrong with you? Man, I carried some grapes back. You can imagine, I mean, the Bible says these things were massive. And it was just God's little evidence of saying, let me see, let me show you, let me give you a visual of how great of a God I am. Let me show you how I I made you a promise, and these are the promises that God said that we could have. Here's the evidence, here's the proof, here's the provision that I promise you. Here's a sample of the blessings. And they could not see it. Rather, they were more worried about what they heard than what they saw of the blessings of God right in front of them. Blessings were literally placed in front of them and on their shoulders as they carried it off. We often live defeated because we can't see the blessings of God. I'm going to be honest with the things that we have all around us. We can be the biggest complainers. and We have so much, so much all the way around us. For the simple fact, of if, and I'm saying, look at, look at how their vision was on the world. Look at how they were, they were saying, man, look at it. I saw this. Are you kidding me? I saw the sons of Anak there. Oh, great. The sons of Anak were there too? Are you kidding me? There's not a chance. All this grumbling and talking was going on. As it can be the same way with us. Thank God we don't live in a lot of the nations overseas. Think about the bombers that are going in and how they're shooting Christians and how, how they're burning down all these things and the children that are being pulled in the trafficking and all this other stuff. We are still very, very blessed to be where we're at. And, and I know it's messed up and I know it's bad, but I tell you, I never want to get so focused on all these things that are going on that I miss out on the blessings that God has literally put in my hands. 
I mean, let's just do a survey right now. How many of you have a healthy family? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. God is good. God is good. You, you see how we can sit on the couch and we can be flipping through those channels and we go from 2020 to Dateline to, you know, all these other things. And we're sitting there telling our wife, man, what a mess. Man, I'm so, and, all, and then you've got three healthy kids sitting next to you. Or we sit there and say, honey, I'm so tired of these long hours and all this. And then God says, remember six months ago when you prayed for that job? You know what I'm saying? You know what that is? That's the grapes that God's saying, hey, hey, look right here. Look what you have. Look, look at the provision that I have given you in the midst. You pull that right out of that despair, that, that craziness of that world. Because my God said he will supply all my need according to his riches and glory. They had vision problems. They couldn't see the blessings that were right in front of their eyes. But number two, they had influence issues. There are two types of people. Those that will bring you down and those that will lift you up. And I know I say this all the time. But I can't find a story in the Bible that you don't find one of the two. Whether you're talking about Paul and Silas being in prison. Whether you're talking about the disciples and Thomas or whoever. You know, we get in all these stories and say there's either those that lift you up or those that bring you down. In this world, you have influences that you allow into your life that are either going to build you up or bring you down. And I'm not going to say, guys, stick your head in the sand, don't watch the news. I watch the news. I don't dwell on the news. I, I'm not addicted to it because it puts me in a bad mood. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not saying to, to have a false sense of reality of what's going on around us. But I'm telling you, we better watch the influences that we let into our lives. Verse 31. But the men that went up with them said, I want you guys to get what they're about, to, what changed them, what redirected them, what changed the whole attitude of all of them, came out of the mouth of men, not out of the words of God. And that, that's why I'm, maybe tonight I'm just saying we are more than conquerors. You know who said that? That's from God's holy word. That's, you can come out of here and say, those were good thoughts that Pastor Tony said about we're them more than conquerors. Don't give me credit for those words. That's your God that told you that. But you know what we do? We'll go home, set down our Bibles, turn on the TV. Oh, woe is me. And we're all down about what man says rather than what God promised. But man said this in verse 31. We be not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land. They're complaining. They're upset. Man is saying, here's my two cents and my opinion. I don't believe America will ever. And, all, 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 and the church is doomed. And, you know, all these other things. They're like, man, nobody knows but God. Nobody knows what God. I, I'm still of the mindset. You say it's impossible. God could still bring revival to America. It's just a simple fact. And I know we've elevated this and built this up. Man, I've been so excited about sit down. This is, this is the problems that we've had. Hey, so-and-so needs to talk to you. They got saved and they need to talk to you about being baptized. That, that's, that's the craziness of my life right now. God is good. <laughs> I love it. You know, a guy was just saying, and Greg and I were just talking a minute ago. He said, isn't this kind of just a taste of maybe every Sunday could be like this? Us seeing people saved and us going out to the world and, hey, the world's falling apart. Yeah, it is. Can, let me tell you about my God. <laughs> that's how it should be. 
I know the world and I, I know it's a mess. And yeah, they're big and Wall Street and uh, you know, all these things. But let me tell you about my God. But that's not what they were listening to. Ten of them were talking negative and two of them were trusting God. Verse 32, and they brought up an evil report of the land. Verse 3, and there we saw giants of the son of Anak, which come of the giants. We were there in our sights as grasshoppers and so we were in their sights. Here, let me show you how this negative, and we're talking about they, they had these influence issues. Let me break this down. Negativity begins with a lack of God. You take God out of any situation, and it will be woe is me. I'm serious. You, you watch what comes in our economy. If you take God out of it, it will always be woe is me. We've been not able to go against it. You're right, you're not. But they didn't say that you had to do it. God said he would do it. Most of our daily influences come from everything but God. You think about that. How, how often do we, do we fill our minds all the way with talk radio? And I'm not against these things. I don't, guys, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't listen to your favorite commentator or as they talk about whatever. But TV and magazines and articles and billboards and, you know, the special report that they break in and saying all this other stuff. That's usually what fills our minds. Negativity grows with exaggerated truth. We will yell at our kids about this all the time. Don't exaggerate, don't exaggerate. Let me tell you, let me ask you guys if any of these phrases sound familiar with us as adults. When we say things like, all I've done today was clean the house. Is that true? No, it's an exaggeration. All I've done today was clean the house. It's an exaggeration. This is going to cost me a fortune. Is it really? Do you know how much a fortune is? It's an exaggeration. Now, I mean, we would yell at our kids, quit exaggerating. My, my, my brother never stops hitting me. Quit exaggerating. And then we turn around and say, all I've done was clean this house today. I told you a million times to pick that up. <laughs> quit exaggerating. <laughs> we come back and say things like, I have the worst job in the world. That's not exaggerating. We will never catch up on our bills. It's impossible. <laughs> exaggeration. The truth is the devil will always lay out every problem as a giant. Always. Do you notice how many times they said that? They're great. Walled cities. They're giants. They're giants. They're giants. They're giants. And they were big people. Don't get me wrong. The sons of Anak. We know if you, if you study the story of David and Goliath, they went up against giants. But see, the thing is, exaggerated truth is nothing more than a fancy lie. It's us blowing it up bigger than what it is. And let me tell you, God is not the author of any form of lie. When we sit there and we think that something is impossible because it's so big or out of proportion, it's because we allow the devil to elevate it bigger than what it is. So I'm going to tell you guys, Fellowship Baptist Church does have the power to push back the darkness in our city. We do. And, and I, I believe that what God did through our Easter experience, you say, well, it's over. It's not over. I think it should be the mindset of every bus that goes out, of our missions conference, of us walking by faith and not by sight. We need to be committed followers of Jesus Christ, walking by faith, trusting God, inviting souls to be saved, seeing people come to a saving knowledge of the Christ because we open our mouths. Not just because it's Easter, but because Jesus lives, that's why. Push back the darkness. If you sit there and say, well, this city's too far gone and our nation's too far gone, you just blew it up to be bigger than what it is. 
Because my God's bigger. And I am going to, God has put us here to be a beacon of hope and a, and a light and, and a voice and all these things. And, and if we sit there and back off because we think it's too big, then we let him win. Let me show you the next thing that, that we see from this, of these influences. Negativity spreads with ease. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to try it. It's amazing how hard it is to, to spread something positive, but it is super hard. It is super hard to spread truth or good things. But you let one bad thing happen and everybody knows about it. Everybody. Here's, here's what happened. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. I want, I want to pro- progress in this story. Let me show you what happens. And all the congregation lifted up their voices. That did not take very long. They were all complaining. They were all upset and cried. And the people wept that night. Wait a minute. Let me just stop. They have not lost. They were not captured. And they were not in bondage. None of the, nothing happened. Except 10 people walked in and said, doom and gloom. That's what happened. 10 men that had no faith in God walked in and all of their attention went on those 10, 10 men. It's amazing how we allow these things to do that. You can imagine that night they're all sitting around crying. I mean, that's, I'm not just making that up. I'm not trying to be funny. The Bible says they all wept that night. We're doomed. It's miserable. We shouldn't be here. All this other stuff. As they're eating these grapes. <laughs> it's like... Where are you, God? I thought you promised to be with us. That's what we do. We sit in our houses, eating our food and enjoying our families and the blessings of God and have it all the way around us. And we kick on the air condition and we walk on our carpet. We put on our shoes and walk out to our cars. And then we say, God, where are you? And it's like, seriously? Where have you been? As you cranked up your air condition and turned on your Wi-Fi. Yeah, you have it so rough. God is good. Verse 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that if we had died in the land of Egypt, would God that we have died in this wilderness. By the way, be careful what you ask for. Because anybody that's ever studied this, you know what's coming. God did give them what they asked for. And I, I guess that's why I want to change us. And I'm not saying, and I'm not even coming here going, all oh, you complainers around here. And I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying, may, may we walk out of here with the right perspective and the right attitude. Man, looking at this world and saying, man, we got a lot to pray about. Man, we, 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 there were more the reason to, to have Bible school in just a few weeks. Man, is there, is there being twisted in their minds about whether they're a boy or a girl I mean, did you guys know that that was a big thing that we did last year with Bible school? One of our things that we did, we were talking about God's creation. And Pastor Dave took us aside that was preaching. He said, guys, let's pull it back even more than what we've done in the past. Now God created you to be special. God created you to be a boy if you're a boy. And God created you to be a girl if you're a girl. We have to bring it that simple. It's important to do what we do. We might be the voice of two. Caleb and Joshua, but, but I tell you, the voice of 10 is crying out to this generation, screaming into their faces, telling them that God can't, God doesn't care, and the church doesn't matter, and all these other things. We've got to lift up our voices, because this was so twisted. Verse 3, and wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword? Notice this exaggeration, these crybabies, that our wives and our children should be prey. Holy cow! 
He's talking about bringing this and everything. They're going to kill our babies. It's like, wait a minute. We haven't even gone to war yet, guys. We're not better for us to return to Egypt. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. How twisted is this? Negative people, negative influences, negative perspective that will allow influence our lives. They had trouble with their vision. They had influence issues. And let me show you the last thing. They had trust issues. I'm going to show you the comparison because I'm, I'm pulling Joshua and Caleb now into this. Chapter 14, verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, and the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake to unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search is exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. See, the difference was that th- these guys had trust issues. Joshua and Caleb put their confidence in God. Let me ask you guys, as they talk about Social Security and where it's going to be in 20 years, where is your confidence? As, as you sit there and say about retirement or 401ks or, uh, you know, our, our issues with, you know, our health care and everything in America, and you just say, man, whoa, 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 where's your confidence? And, and don't get me wrong, it's messed up, and it's scary, and it's, it's a mess. But at the same time, it's God that said he'd take care of us. This was before they had Obamacare and what other care, United Care, you know. They, 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 before they had any of that stuff. And God was still taking care of them. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but I, I know that God's going to take care of us when we get there. As long as God wants it to happen. And here's the other thing. Joshua and Caleb were not blinded by their fear. Verse 9, only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defenses departed from them. The Lord is with us. Fear them not. It's, it's just like these other guys. They walked in. They weren't blinded. The fact that said, yes, there were big people, and yes, their walls were there. But it, this is what they were saying, where they're bred for us, and their defenses depart from them. They, they were talking about the walled cities, and he just said, God will drop the walls. How is he going to do that? I don't know, but he said he would. That's what I know. He said that he would. And he said, but the people are big. And he said, yeah, but they'll be bread for us. Literally, mean we can run right over them. God will, God will take care of these things. See, the ten men compared themselves to the giants. And Joshua and, uh, Joshua and Caleb were comparing the giants to their God. That's the difference. It's, it's not a matter of these situations compared to us. It's a matter of these situations compared to our God. It's easy to get into the situations and the mind game of what if, what if. But I said all this to bring you to the closing of this in, in verse 35, jumping ahead. Now listen to what the Lord says in this passage. I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed and there shall they die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against them by bringing up the slander upon the land, even those men to bring up the evil report upon the land, died by the plague before the Lord. You think God was okay with them? No. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that church. 
I don't, I don't want to go before our, our kids' classes, Bible school, outreach programs, or anything like that, and just say, hey, guys, we're in a mess. What are we going to do? And that, that's what these guys did. But instead, God said, you know what? I'm going to get them out of here. You're not, you're not pointing them to me. You're not pointing them to salvation. You're not pointing out the faith and the hope that we have in Christ. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were all the men that went and searched the land, lived still. And Moses told these things unto the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And ended up with their death. Because God had to get them out of the way. Too many Christians are living a defeated life. I, I, I don't want to be one of those guys. I'd rather live the way that we started off. We are more than conquerors. We're getting ready, and I know Pastor Dave gets really wired about Bible school. I mean, he does. That, that, that guy has been working on Bible school. I, I, I know a lot of you guys have seen this already and stuff, that we're doing like a Star Wars theme that's doing this. And it's Dark Wars, I think, is what we're doing. The light, darkness versus the light and all these other... It's a cool spoof, and he's got all these cool characters and robots that he's building. I mean, it's really, really over the top of what he's doing. But I want you guys to, to get on board to understand that we're going to battle. We're going to war. And I mean, all these enemies that are around us that are influencing their, their minds, I want to be Joshua, and I need some of you guys to be Caleb or Joshua, whatever character you want to be, no matter what, I, you guys know the illustration. Now let's walk before them and say, hey guys, I serve the living God. Man, there, there's a God that promised to go with us and take care of our families and bless us with good and, and go before us and do all these things. That's who I want to be. I don't want to be the complainers off to the side that sit there and mumble and grumble because they watch CNN too much. I don't want to be that guy because we are more than conquerors. God's on our side. We've got to just pick up our sword and, and march forward. 